No. Uh, Everything's okay. Situation normal. How are you? <laughs> stay I on mean, target. Stay on target. Yeah, that's from stay, this movie. Stay on target. Live long and target. Nope. No. Hi and welcome to after the hype. I'm your host is always Brian Dressel. With me as always. With me as always, Chewy Darso. This is war, is not trek. <laughs> We're going to war. What if we have to take a long trek to the war? Nope. Jonathan Hardesty. <laughs> Never trek. No. No trek. <laughs> and back. Again, Miss Emily Blake. Stay. This, uh, it came from behind. That's the quote. <laughs> I like that quote. No one can hear you scream. <laughs> In space, no one can hear you. Well, this isn't normal space. Everyone can hear everything you do. Yeah. It's quite loud, actually. The one time they right. did that right, everyone complained. <laughs> Stupid Firefly. Just trying no, to save money. I'm talking it. about Last Jedi. Oh, Last Jedi. That one, too. <laughs> <laughs> we're off to Wait, a great start stay on target stay on target uh so chewy just injured herself do we need to take a break no, are you fine. gonna be okay <laughs> you're sitting my foot slipped and it hit the side of the stool okay so we are now in the beginnings of our next seven weeks until Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker is here, and we decided to go back and cover all of the Star Wars movies that we have not covered so far, which is very embarrassingly the entire original trilogy and the entire prequel trilogy. We have talked about them sometimes. We explained the whole of them to our friend Amber Lee. She did not get it and said she'll never watch it, but it was a very fun episode. Go back and listen to that if you feel like it. Um, But I'm so excited for this new movie coming up, and supposedly it's going to end the entire saga, which I think is a bit of a stretch, but we'll see. Uh, And I thought the best way to kind of like show my love of Star Wars is go back to the beginning and just do all of them. So that the next seven weeks, we'll be covering all six of the original uh, Star Wars movies with episode 300 snuck in there where we cover the movie 300. I'm really looking forward to that one as well. For more nipples. Yeah, just all about the nipples. Yeah. Nips and buns. Nips and hips. Well, 300 is like the lost prequel. There's 300 nipples in that movie. There's got to be at least 300 nipples in that movie. (laughs) Um. (laughs) Wait. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to say something that was wrong, so. That there would be less than 300 nipples in the No, 300? no, I was like, wait, 300 nipples is an odd number, but it's not an odd number, so. I, <laughs> I was like, wait, somebody's got one nipple, and then, but the joke didn't work because 300 is an even number. I mean, there still probably is somebody with only one nipple. Yeah, they could. Uh, but there could be possible. two of them, so it'll still be 300 nipples. We're all good. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, Star Wars. Uh, so yeah, very excited to do this. Very excited to talk about all of them today, beginning with, of course, A New Hope. But before we jump into that, we will do a very quick... Where have you been doing? Uh, I can go first, I guess. I have started the current Arrowverse season. Uh, and that's really the only way I can describe it, because you have to watch fucking every show to understand what's going on. Except for Black Lightning. Poor Black Lightning. Like, just gets no love. He's in Crisis, right? He is, but that's it. <laughs> like, oh, otherwise, he's got no crossover whatsoever. So it's like, so right. he's got the least dramatic planet. Yeah, he's got a real chill planet, except for like one bad weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so far it's been uh, pretty mixed. Uh, Supergirl's been okay. Flash has been decent-ish. Arrow has been hot garbage, uh, and Legends hasn't started yet. And Batwoman shows a lot of promise, but it's not quite there yet. Like, I think everyone in the show is kind of like... I think everyone expected this to be like an HBO show or like a Netflix show or some super high-quality thing, and they didn't pay attention that they're watching the CW. Uh, it's very oh. much a CW show. Like, the acting is CW. The the, sh- the cinematography is CW. Like, all of it's a CW. No. It is. Ew. It is. 
I know you want to say it's worse than because they're trying to do like a Christopher Nolan thing and they are not Christopher Nolan and it's just kind of weird, but eh, it's fine. Like everything's just sort of fine. I thought it was going to be great and it's not, but I'm pretty sure the crisis will be because that's kind of how they do everything. Their whole shows are always kind of like, meh, but the crossovers are amazing. Yeah. So I'm mostly just watching it to kind of get to the crossover because it sounds Well, like and how many episodes of Batwoman have aired so far? Like four or five. Oh, yeah, that's not a lot at all. No, and I've watched, like, the first three, and, like, each episode gets a little better, like, show-wise, but, like, the cinematography and the acting and the costumes are still kind of, like, meh. The lighting. Lighting is awful. I hate like, the lighting so much. There's, there's a lot of... But, I mean, you go back to any first season, Iron Man, Arrow, and they all had a shitload of problems. So, it's, like, uh, I'm willing to give it a little bit of rope and see where it ends up. But, uh, so far, the entire Arrowverse season has been kind of, eh, fine. It's no Doom Patrol, but, you know, mm-hmm. what can be? Um, that's it for me. Chewie, what about you? Well, since we were stuck inside so much this week, the whole week. Hand, foot, and mouth. Hand, foot, and mouth. It's the new chicken pox. Have you heard? What? Uh, (laughs) If you haven't had a kid, you probably haven't. (laughs) Yep. It just sounds like we're talking gibberish. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. I understood what you're talking about. (laughs) I, I I don't have a child. I do not understand. It is basically the new chicken pox. You get welts on your hands, feet, and... And your butt. That's awful. The butt's not in it, but yeah. hands, feet, mouth. It's not as catchy. Butt. Hand, foot, butt, and mouth disease. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think it sounds better. Um, but so we watched two horror movies. Annabelle comes home and uh, the new Pet Cemetery. Yeah. Uh, and out of the two, Annabelle comes home was better. Uh, I've come to the conclusion that my biggest problem with the Pet Cemetery films—they suck. <laughs> is that you don't actually bury anybody in the pet cemetery. <laughs> they have to go past the pet cemetery quite a ways through a big barrier. <laughs> and then they bury th- animals and people there. Really... So the pet cemetery is like a footnote. It's like, why is this? E- it, the, the name of it should be Weird Rocky Pass. <laughs> where you have to bury That's... your people. It really ruins That is not as catchy song. either. No. And in the last one, for some reason, they brought in Wendigos. I'm like, what the oh. fr- A Wendigo is a dude who ate another dude and goes crazy, and it's kind of like a werewolf thing. It has absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with weird burial grounds where people come back to life. It's yeah. a dude that ate another dude and then <laughs> harassed yeah. another dude. Exactly. That's not... So I was just annoyed pretty yeah. much the entire... I was like, John Lithgow, you're better than this. And dude, so I never... Everyone is better than this. The cast was great. Yeah. The movie sucked. The movie sucked. Uh, Animal Well comes home though. I highly recommend it for like sleepovers and stuff. Very, yeah. it's a really good like. It's it's like ghosts had a sleepover and they got just to uh, harass a bunch of girls who are also having a sleepover. It's it's a pretty good film. It's fun. Okay, are you sure it's not just because you watch Pet Cemetery that this one seems better? No, we saw Animal. Bef- we watched that the night before, and we both. Oh, okay. It at yeah. that time, it, it's not a great movie, but it's no. a really fun movie. Yeah, it's fun. It's a gr- it's a good ghost story. Yeah, uh, like movie. if it's ever streaming for free, it's totally worth the hour and a half. Like it's just a fun. It's movie. not The Conjuring. It's not like bon- great storytelling by any means, but it's fun. Yeah, it's well made. Yeah. John, what about you? So I'm out of books for the next couple weeks as the library wait for both the last two Witcher books is like four to eight weeks. So we'll see if I can finish them before the show comes out. However, uh, I just trolled through the library's What's Available, and I found a book from Stephen King called Sleeping Beauties. And I'm only about five or six hours into it. And the premise so far is that all across the world, women are falling asleep 
and cocooning and disappearing into these cocoons and going into a dreamlike state. And if they're awake and if they're if people wake them up or try to tear them out, they become rabid and kill the person who woke them up. And so far, we're just getting into that. That just sounds like a normal nap. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. Yeah. Or as I like to call this book, the trying to stay awake book. And I'm getting like severe, like trying to stay awake PTSD from like overnight, like late nights parenting. Like I'll get to work after listening to the book and I'll just be like, why do I feel tired? Oh, because everyone's trying to stay awake in this book. And it's so well written that they're trying to stay awake that I feel it too. It is Stephen King, so go easy on the well-written, because you know the ending's not going to be very good. Yeah. No, it, yeah. It'll, at the end of that book, it'll just be a bunch of women going, we know we're not pretty when we sleep. <laughs> we just invented a pill to go in cocoon so we can look better when we sleep. Just look at the cocoon. Don't look at me. Don't so, look at me. <laughs> they're drooling yeah. hair everywhere. <laughs> so what I'm hoping is that, because this is a, a joint writing venture between Stephen King and his son, Owen King, I'm hoping that... Owen King can come in at the very end and save the ending, but we'll see. I don't know. Apple doesn't far fall from the tree of the phrasing the words. <laughs> <laughs> really got away from me for a second there. Wow, yeah. Are you trying oh, to stay awake? I watched Men in Tights, too. <laughs> you know, it just reminded me of the, the uh, whatever, whatever, uh, uh, Sheriff of Rottingham, where he says everything out of order. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, when, when uh, caterpillars go into cocoons, they turn into, like, disgusting goo and basically dissolve themselves before they turn into butterflies. So maybe that's how it's going to end. How did I not know that? I learned because it you're from watching Adam Ruins them. Everything. Oh, that's really disturbing. Yeah. I don't like thinking yeah. about it. There's a lot of imagery in the book that, that's disturbing. So, yeah. So it's something to listen to while I wait. That's a riveting <laughs> review. I don't know. Something to listen, listen to. It's well, a book. Yeah. The, the mystery of it. The mystery of it right now is fascinating. <gasps> but like I just you said, got a vision of Edward from Twilight watching Belle in Bella, whatever, in this cocoon because he loves to watch her sleep. <laughs> so he's just oh like, my god, you are the most beautiful cocoon. <laughs> Edward would be in heaven. <laughs> get to watch your sleep forever <laughs> remember when we watched all of those movies that was a great idea emily just recently watched it. i did i wrote an article about it It was great i it made me want to watch the rest because i want to see like how fucking stupid this gets oh it gets oh. so oh dumb. i can't wait do, do you want to watch taylor lautner hit on a baby it's in oh. there oh <laughs> boy that's oh that's good stuff yeah it is emily where have you been doing you haven't been on in a while i'm sure you got something great yeah a lot of things uh but lately I've been horribly sick, so Yay! I've been, yeah, it's been fun. Uh, I felt like death. So I was, uh, for several days, I was just lying in bed watching Steven Universe because it's got a million episodes and it doesn't require like a whole lot of like mental concentration to watch it. Um, and I'm kind of, I'm really into it. Like I've, I've, I'm, I'm in season four. I've been watching it like just like crazy because there's a billion episodes. Um, I love it. I love that um, at first I kind of thought Stephen was annoying, but then he really grew on me. And uh, I, I really love that there's just a lot of lesbian love. Like, just, it just seems like whoever you love is who you love, and it doesn't matter. There's no, like, there's no statements about anyone being gay or straight. These women just love women, and that's just how they are. It's not even discussed. Um and uh just i don't know it's it's very cool it's like family is it's a made family it's all this 
I don't know, just really good messages about life and about society and about family and about, and Steven's always like trying to be, he's teaching everyone around him how to be better people. And that's pretty rad. Um, so, you know, as I was lying, feeling like death, uh, it taught me to be a better person. Um, yeah, I really like the show. I've heard the really theme good song about is it. very catchy. Yeah. Theme song is uh the theme song is super catchy. It ends with them saying like garnet, amethyst, and pearl. And for some reason in my head, I am constantly unintentionally singing garnet, crystal meth, and pearl. And I don't <laughs> that's a I don't know why it happens a lot. Uh and that's my trivia about that. And uh <laughs> Steven Universe. Perfect. Alright, are we ready to start talking Star Wars? Mm-hmm. Or as our son says it, Stawa. Ours. He's ours. He says he says words. He says yeah. words. He's a lot oh, bigger now. All right. Oh, all right. He doesn't He's, say a lot of words. Uh, well, he said dinner like perfectly once. It was amazing. <laughs> and then we can't get him to do it again. Nope. <laughs> but he'll cycle through Mama, Dada, Baba as muddy times as he can in a mm. fucking hour. He says book, book, book. Man, he can't get his K. So no. whenever he wants a book, it's just book. So Star Wars. <laughs> Stay on target. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is all about the Star Wars books, right? We're doing Heir to the Empire right now? Yes. Or we're doing Truth of Bakura. Uh, oh, yes. No, don't get Chewie started. Princess Leia. Never. The hey, true Star Wars canon. There's cool things in that. There are some good the things. The Dothermal Witches are canon, okay? They were in video games. Recent video games? They were in... Uh, which ones were they in? Battlefield, Battlefield 2, or Jedi Order. Otherwise, mm-mm. Oh, wait. The vid- other video games don't count? <laughs> no. What? No. That's it. Battlefield, Battlefield 2, Jedi Order. <sighs> no more Kyle Katarn. And- nope. What? I just... Bye-bye, Darth Raven. Bye-bye. The only game that matters is Knights of the Old Republic. Whatever. Yeah. They were in that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure that Witches of Dothermal were in Knights of the Old Republic. That, that one's gone. Yep. All of Sorry, it. Sorry, Drew. Dude, I know you wrote an amazing video not- game. Fuck you, Disney. What? Oh. What a bummer. Anyhow, Star Wars was great. Uh, (laughs) 20th Century Fox. 20th Century Fox Star Wars was awesome. Uh, 1977 movie thought to be a uh, weird-ass fantasy thing that nobody thought would work except for George Lucas and apparently Steven Spielberg. Um, Dude, they probably did a lot of blow together. Oh, yeah. Uh, and there's a guy. He's like, oh, a Wookiee. What's a Wookiee? He's going to uh, be really small. No, I think he should make him tall. Hair, but this guy, hair he's going to be really everywhere. small. This guy's going to be really small. George, let the small people thing go. <laughs> Just let it go. He's like, I'm going to make can't. Willow. No. Fine, go make Willow. The princess needs to have two robotic legs. <laughs> no, George. Meanwhile, he's just sniffing. No. <laughs> Now I just want to watch a short film of Steven and George do blow and write Star Wars. <laughs> and then this guy, oh. he's going to have a whip. We'll use it later. <laughs> no, for, for Maximum Lulls, make it a web series. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but seriously, it's a weird-ass movie. If you didn't like really know anything about it going into it, uh, John even saw, put on Facebook earlier today, like, if this came out today, nobody would give it a shot. When Chu and I were watching it last night, I'm like, how? Like, at which point did people go, ah, fuck it, I'm out. Because you know some people did. Yeah. And I you remember. know it's within the first, like, 20, 30 minutes of that thing because there are a lot of points where you could have if you knew nothing yeah. about it. Yeah, like, if you didn't really know what you're going into, you just heard it's the event of the summer. You had to see it. And you get to the cantina. All right, there's a werewolf in the back. I'm done. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> the I first like movie... Pe- hmm? 
I, I was just gonna say, I feel like that, uh, but watching those spaceships fly overhead right in that opening sequence probably hooked a lot of people, though. Like, and, oh, for it sure. It definitely hooked people. But... But, but that's the thing. But if it like... does feel like a bait and switch at some point, because that, that opening is amazing, and then you go to some droids walking around, and then, like, can't, like, 20, 30 minutes of them walking and getting to where they're going. Like, it, it, it's weird. It's a weird shift. So I could, I could see why people would be like, oh, this is great. Droids. I mean, we'll get into it in a moment, but this is a movie that was severely saved by a lot of people who weren't George Lucas. Oh no offense to George Lucas, of course. This whole party isn't here without him, you know. Like his ex-wife? Like his ex-wife. Like, like a lot of people. Yeah. But that's that's neither here nor there, because it's still the movie that we have, and it wouldn't be here without George. So and there's I nothing wrong with the there's nothing wrong with needing guidance from the people around you to help you make a better pro. I mean, no. film Absolutely is collaborative. I really wish more directors would do that. Some of the people who get up their own ass and just let movies get destroyed, it kind of sucks, so... We'll talk about that more during the prequels. <laughs> when people didn't rain George in as much. Oh, yeah. boy, will we. <laughs> Tune in. <laughs> and in how. Four weeks. Yeah. Um, but now, the best. In a lot of people's opinions, maybe not mine, but Star Wars. The End All Be All, Episode 4, A New Hope, according to the 1981 re-release. Uh, but if it wasn't for that, it's just called Star Wars. Uh, a lot of people think that didn't happen until the 90s. Nope, it was 1981. I had to look it up like five times just to prove to myself that that's what happened. Um, but here we go. So really quickly, Star Wars. If you didn't know what it was, let me tell you what it is. As quick as I possibly can. So... Here we go. There's a uh, there's a ship. It's flying through the air, space thing, and then some guys like, "Hey, stop!" And she's like, "No, I have plans to blow up your home." And she puts him in a droid. The droid goes down to the planet, finds a sandy-haired guy. They take the droid, and then his aunt and uncle die. So he goes into space with some hobo that he found in the desert. Uh, they end up at the space station. They're like, wow, it's a big space station. Hey, a princess. They take the princess. They leave. They go back to the space station, blow it up, and go hooray! And that's Star Wars. Uh pretty much right yeah. yeah no that's also how the hero's journey goes too it's, it's crazy yeah kind of uh and now i kind of like if you search podcast in general you will find a billion star wars podcasts out there you just look for tv shows billion star wars tv shows star wars has been covered to fucking death so to kind of combat that a little bit i just more want to talk about like our feelings of the movie like we can dive into it as much as we can we can talk about the characters and all that like as much as we want to but the long and short of it is star wars would not be here today if it wasn't for fans who just love the fuck out of it and i'm pretty sure everyone around our uh, table in air quotes today uh loves this movie am i wrong you're not wrong not wrong uh, how does obi feel about his namesake like uh, Obi thinks Star Wars with... is the fucking tits. Okay. Well, there you go. I didn't know if he would if he would sit and like stare at it like a good dog. Uh, he was watching it with me. There you go. I don't know if he was staring at it, but he was he was interested. Obi, chill. He's got a lot to say about this he one. Does. He um, does. So let's uh, like we kind of did this back in the day. If you listened to our episode before, but not all of us were on that episode. So uh, let let's kind of go back and say. Do you remember how you came to Star Wars the first time? Like, how you ended up here? Um, I'll go first, because mine, I think, started the same way. Of a lot of the kids who grew up in the 90s. Started with sleepovers. Like, uh, me and a group of friends or whatever, our parents would organize a sleepover so a whole bunch of other parents could take a night off, and those one parents just got royally fucked. Um, and we all kind of crowded into a basement and screamed and threw things at each other. And then the parents like, oh my god, shut the fuck up. Here, watch Star Wars. And we all just... <laughs> <laughs> Silence. 
and we were just glued to the TV, and we'd watch all three of them in a row as many times as we could till our parents told us to stop, and it was just, that's what we did. We got together, we watched Star Wars. It was everything, and it was like that whole, uh, it was that black VHS case um, that a lot of us had that had like the short documentaries in the beginning, if you remember those. They were kind of boring, we'd always fast forward through them, I liked them better when I got older, but that was me. Like, that's kind of how I got there, and I was just obsessed from then on. Um, Chewie had a very different uh, experience with it, I'll let her say it. Uh... Quite generally, very different. Because I wasn't four, I was fourteen. Um, Nineteen ninety seven. Honestly, I don't remember even why I went to see it in theaters. Uh, yeah, I don't remember who I was with or any of that. Really, I just the biggest memory I have from it is sitting in the theater and getting that. You know, what's the word for it? That tingle in the back of your head where they say it's like a head orgasm. Yeah. And it was like, other other than that, the only other movie I remember getting it from when I was a kid and I got that from like Hook. Another great movie. Another great movie. But it was the first time that I had really gotten so emotionally wrapped up in a film. Before that, I wouldn't have described myself as a cinephile or anything like that. I thought I was going to be a scientist. Uh, but then I saw Star Wars. <laughs> Thanks a lot, George. You ruined my future. What? No. <laughs> uh, but I essentially decided, like, there and then, emotionally, like, this is, this speaks to me on a level that I've never experienced before. I think I need to make movies because I want to try to make someone else feel like this. Yeah. Uh, Emily, what about you? Do you remember when you first came about Star Wars? So, uh, I uh, actually did. My parents never took me to see it. Oh, my. My parents <laughs> never took me to see it in the theaters, which I'm kind of annoyed at. Um, I saw it on my TV. I, I remember like uh, sometime in the 90s, it just came on TV. And I think I watched it with my stepdad, maybe. And I was just like, oh, this is cool. And then I think all three movies were on in a row. And so I watched them and I was like, so this is Star Wars. And then I was just really into it. Uh, I remember, I distinctly remember being really blown away by the speeder chase in the, in Jedi. Um, But yeah, I just, I just thought it was the bee's knees. And then every time it came on TV after that, I would watch it. John, what about you? Uh, For me, Growing up as a kid, every now and then we would be, we'd have enough money as a family to get cable, and we'd have cable for a while, and that was always kind of a cool novelty. So we could watch a bunch of things, and I would watch channels for hours with marathons, movie marathons, and things like that. And I came across, roughly around the same time, a Star Wars marathon of the of the three movies, as well as an Indiana Jones one of the three movies, and so I kind of got a blitz of all those movies roughly around the same time. And with each set, I was hooked, especially more so star Wars. It was just this such imagination and such, there's like magic, there's force and there are all these cool elements and lightsabers, laser swords, stormtroopers, and weird looking creatures and all that. Everything that we jokingly said at the beginning would turn people off. Like I was in, I was in it into it for all of them. But I got to have them one right after the other. And then I was like, I have to rent these. I have to see them in their uncut, like, on tape, <laughs> on VHS. the fuck out of here. Yeah. Right. And this was <laughs> just before they did the uh, re-release and got rid of the 
the the scene like all the stuff George Lucas didn't like. This was just before that, okay. so I got to see the letterbox versions on VHS, unedited without the Jabba scene, without the all the added stuff, yeah. without the without the no. There are kids who grew up who have grown up today who never saw a version of Star Wars that didn't include that stupid fucking Jabba scene. I'm one right. of them. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, I saw it later. Yeah. But like with that's where my experience is completely different than all three yeah. of you. Because I saw these in the theater for the first time as they came out during the special edition releases. I never saw them on TV. My parents never showed them to me. I, I lived too far out for sleepovers. I never really had too many sleepovers. It just wasn't a part this of my so, youth This at is all. very sad. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like it's, I, I kind of wish... like There is a part of me... like Granted, I agree. I hate the Java scene. That's why we didn't watch that version. Um, but there is something like... If I could have gone back and had my first experience with Star Wars be in a theater, I probably would have preferred it. I still loved it the way that I did, but I never really got a chance to sit down and just like enjoy it myself yeah. until I, way later. The only thing that I thing that I had before seeing Star Wars was like The Simpsons. And a lot of time and I didn't understand any of those references until after I actually saw Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, so for me, it was always Muppet Babies. Like, Muppet Babies, like, all the time, Gonzo would open a door, there'd be, like, an ATST there, and he'd be like, whoa! And then he'd close the door again. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that felt completely flat on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, and it was just, it was, it was so, it, to be cheesy, it was, it was magical after yeah. going through it. Even on, even, even the cable version, which had commercials up the wazoo, still, at the, after the end of Jedi, after the credits hit, and get you know tossed away by commercials. I was just stunned at how cool. Like I was taken, you know, hook. Like I was taken completely, yeah. and it was so, really amazing. So the the thing that I like the the main reason why I love probably a New Hope. I mean, it's tough to say that you like any one of the th- original three more than the other three. I know some people really hate Jedi. We'll get to that in a few weeks. Um, I think they're fucking wrong. They but are. you know, I. I, I can I'll see their argument. I can understand why they don't like it. I think they're wrong. We'll get there. Um, but this <laughs> one, like, there's something kind of special just about A New Hope, like specifically the first movie, and it, it's something that doesn't repeat itself, at least in my opinion, in either one of the any of the other movies. Every time I watch A New Hope, I kind of get a different feeling for it. Um, it's this weird sort of malleable movie, and I think that's probably why so many people were taken with it. Like, if you go back to, like, the 70s, like, early 70s, and you watch any of those old-school fantasy films, like, say, I'm going to pull a terrible one out of my ass, Krull, um, or, uh, no, that's the one I'm thinking of, Legend, which we just recently watched. Like, any of those, they all have kind of like the same sort of, like, archetypes. I think Legend was the 80s, yeah, but you know Legend what I mean. Came in. Yeah, you, you like, know what I mean. Um, but they all kind of have, like, the same sort of, like, character archetypes. There's the, the would-be hero, the princess, the wizard, the... Uh, the villain, like, it's all like, there's a princess in a castle, you have to go save the princess. It's a very <laughs> simple story that all of us knew and had experienced time and time and time and time again. And this one just put a beautiful sci- like sci-fi coat of paint on it. So there's something very approachable about A New Hope that the other movies, none of the other movies have. The rest of them all kind of had the buy-in of, like, you have to be into Star Wars to be into these movies. And I don't think that's a problem because we're all into Star Wars. But... This one, by having that somewhat more approachable layer, I think is has a lot to do with why we're all still so obsessed with it today. I mean, it's not even somewhat. It is the most approachable. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons that I have adored Star Wars as much as I do, is because it is so universally acceptable. Not, not acceptable, but, like, loved. Yeah. 
it speaks to every demographic. It speaks to every culture, pretty much, across the world. I know you said China wasn't really into it, but China didn't get it till the late 90s. Yeah, they, they didn't even get it in theaters until the same time you did. Um, <clears throat> it, you, you break this story down. It is bare bones. Things that everyone can relate to. It is adolescence. It is being a rebel. It is fighting for your people. There is a evil. It is evil. You don't need a reason why it's evil. You can just look at it and you know it's evil and you need to fight it. Yeah. And then the good guys are going to win if you just believe in yourself enough. Believe in the Forest Luke. Yeah. And it's just so ingrained in the human spirit that yeah this mo star wars is beyond most any other cinema yeah it, it's like a it, it's all of that just like tied together it just makes like every time i watch it i'm like there's something different here there's something new i love like it's like maybe i'll love the cinematography more one time or the score more one time or the performances more one time well maybe not the performances uh no offense mark hamill but you weren't the best in the beginning hey he was amazing at being the adolescent <laughs> adolescent i was amazing. gonna go to the transfer station and get power converters that wine in his voice <laughs> it's beautiful oh biggs is right i'm never gonna get out of here <laughs> I, I oh, love it every sucks time. doodles. I just want to go into the screen and be like, don't worry, you're going to be the great Jedi. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. nothing. I can hit womp rats from 40 feet away. <laughs> Shucks. And just the, the best is when he just like looks right at the fucking lightsaber and he's like, what's this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> he's swinging it around and Obi-Wan is just standing there. It's like, dude, can you show him some trigger discipline? <laughs> the force is with him. I think protects him. Obi-Wan might have been like, it's survival the fittest here. Like... Yeah. <laughs> This is, is the first test. Let's see if he cuts his own head off. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first test. Yeah. It's the litmus test. You had another brother named Larry Skywalker and he didn't make it. <laughs> oh, and when we listed our like our stock characters, I still yeah. like to think of uh, C-3PO as like the traveling bard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ever want to listen to him sing. No, but no, yes. <laughs> but he's, just, he's always kind of like, you know, he's very useful to everybody. Yeah. Um... So now that we kind of talked about that, there, there's something... Now, I don't want to take this episode to try to shit on any of the other movies. Like, that's not really what I want to do. But I do kind of want to talk about, like, what's been lost. Like, since we've started here, and now we're all the way in the future in 2020 or 2019 when the next one's coming out. And you go all the way back to 1977. And, like, this is what we loved. This is why we're here. What isn't there anymore? Like, what do we still wish was a part of Star Wars? And I'm not saying that it all has to be there. Like, you know, things grow and things change, and that's good. Change is good. But what changed for the bad? What do we miss? Uh, John, do you want to take this one first? Sure. I'll try to do my best to put it into words, because I'm still thinking about it as I watched it. And I think, in a more gen general sense, risk in a way, like, this movie was a risk. This was not, like, not a likely thing. There's just something about this that felt kind of, I don't know, more honest, if I want to get a little heady with it. And it has a, an older filmmaking style that I think got overcome with more flash. And as technology got better, that's almost kind of to the detriment of what was so magical about Star Wars. Because, and this may be just a, a nostalgia thing, I'm not entirely sure, but this, there's a, a raw, like a roughness, a raw nature to the special effects. You can see the seams, but the seams don't matter. And with the advent of technology and how much more of a focus 
those cool set pieces became, it became less about just, this is a simpler story. Like, I don't know. Like you said earlier, there's that easier buy-in for this. There's that easier, it was easier to hook you. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think it's kind of like, a, like as far as like the risk goes, it, it, it's like the difference of like running a marathon and taking a victory lap. And I feel like kind of where we're at now is just pure victory lap. Like, and I'm not trying to take credit away from any of this stuff. Like, I'm really excited for The Mandalorian coming out in a few weeks. It looks fantastic. But like, we wouldn't have the budget for that show or any of that stuff if it wasn't for how successful this stuff was. So like, the risk, as you said, is gone. And now it's just guaranteed profit for the most part. And it's just all victory lap. It's all just like, look at how great we are. So I, I see what you mean, definitely. Uh, Chewie, what about you? Is there anything you miss wholeheartedly? It's complicated. Because <laughs> you can't ever go back no. to this. It's quite simply, you can't. Because, like I said, this is so written perfectly to a to speak to the human spirit and just the hero's journey all that they're all the archetypes in this movie to try to replicate that just feels lazy yeah honestly because you can't you can't replicate perfection no <laughs> i mean not to say that the star wars a new hope is absolutely perfect but the level of impact i'll say had, it <laughs> the well, that's kind of what you were saying. That movie, yeah. the first time you see it, you can't replicate it. No. Uh, kind of like how Frank Oz says they people these days don't understand the innocence in the Muppets. Yeah. I don't think people under can fully understand or get back to the innocence of A New Hope, uh, and. Honestly, with the way the world has been set up in Star Wars, to try to strip away the layers to get back to that, it just to me it doesn't work. No, I agree. I think it, the... you you we've made a world, we've made relationships, we've made all these things, and to try to strip it back to something as if you've never seen it before, it's it's almost like an insult. Yeah, definitely. I think that's kind of where Ryan Johnson's gotten so tripped up with his new trilogy. If he wants it to be completely removed from the universe that we know and just take place in the galaxy, it's like, yeah, well, good luck. I like Ryan Johnson. I love that's Last what Jedi, I would but, want. Yeah, because, but it will be yeah, tough. I don't. I don't Same. want you that's... to try to rehash. Star Wars wasn't a rehash. I mean, you can pull things, of course, <laughs> sure, like hidden yeah. temp, hidden fortress. Yeah. And uh, Flash Gordon and all that stuff. Sure, yeah. Yeah, but it got polished. It got made into its own thing. Yeah. Right, and that's that's the crucial thing, what you just said, that all those other elements that inspired it, they used that as recipe to make this thing. And this thing became a new thing based off of those. And it's like just trying yeah. to replicate yeah. this new you thing. Can't, you can't you're do just, it again. No. And right. I don't think you should necessarily. You, but, you shouldn't. Yeah. It to me, it's an it's it's insulting. Yeah. Uh, and what I miss, I guess, is that they don't want. To, depending on who you talk to. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to build off of it. They just want the same, but shinier. Yeah. And 
I don't want the same but shinier. No, I want new. <laughs> I want a new hope. Um, personally, my, my take is going to be way less heady than, than both John and Chewie's here. So that's why I'll jump in really quick. I want 3PO to be a character again. Well, yeah. I love 3PO. He's one of my favorite characters fucking ever. Like, all of Star Wars. I love Anthony Daniels. Like, I have such a man crush on Anthony Daniels. Just just his love for Star Wars just makes me love him that much more. If I could see him, I would hug him and never let him go. Um, so seeing just, like, going back to this movie and having it open with with him. Like, he's really he's got the first line. And it's like, he's just amazing. Like, he's so good as 3PO and just not having him really as be a part of, like, the crew and whatnot. And I, I will say, it does look like he is in the trailer. And I hope they make that work because just the more I see him in the trailer, the more I'm like, oh, I really hope he's a part of the crew because I, I love 3PO so yeah. much. But uh, dude, that's why the line doesn't work for me. I know. I, I understand. Like, oh, yeah. No, I think friends. I laughed. I laughed I at the line because no one in the new trilogy even remotely acknowledges him other than just, hey, there's a droid there in my way. We I also know, don't but know I'm what's going to happen in the movie. We, we don't know where that is in the movie. And what exactly. Yeah. The, sure, you like can defend it with that. But as a trailer, if that's supposed to hook me, you didn't. Yeah, ex- it's oh, the it same thing the hell out of me. I started crying. See... I, I'm kind of back and forth on it because I feel like it's the same sort of like it's it's an Abrams trailer so it has Abrams tropes in it like the Chewy We Are Home line was not meant to be as anything other than a call out to the fans of like hey we're here and uh, I'm saying goodbye to my friends is the movie saying goodbye this is the end of the franchise I get what you're doing I see it I'm fine with it the fact that 3PO might be a bit of a character again has me it gave me a new hope I'm just going to keep saying the title of the movie so really <laughs> um, but that's all I want I just want 3PO you mean they're going to factor in the, the droid that started this whole thing I fucking Maybe? hope so yeah, so. um, but that's just mine. Mine's nice and easy. Emily, what about you? I feel like you guys are so harsh on the new movies. I fucking love them. I mean, I really, <laughs> really love Force Awakens. I really, really love The Last Jedi. I don't feel like there's a whole lot lost, actually. I think it was made by people who knew what they were doing and cared and put a lot of thought into it. And um, uh, But one thing, I, if I'd pick one thing that I don't like, uh, I feel like in the original trilogy, anytime there was a chase, it was plot-motivated. Um, and we were eagerly urging our characters to get from point A to point B in a very quick fashion to solve some kind of crisis. Um, however, in a Phantom Menace, when they go through the Gungan territory in the ocean and there's like that monster chase and then there's always a bigger fish. And then I feel like ever since then, a lot of these movies end up having these dumb chase scenes that just are just pointless and i feel like that is actually the the worst part of i love the last jedi i wish that giant long chase scene was just not there because it doesn't advance the plot at all yeah yeah it doesn't advance the plot it can go away from me yeah it, it does it does nothing and uh i think that's the problem is like I, I do wish we could get back to maybe making the chase scenes plot relevant and not just like a haha look at these cool CGI creatures who can run and chase our characters. <laughs> we spent some money, I totally guys. Agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Because however, all the things in Star Wars became toys. That wasn't the original purpose. No. And now it feels like they're throwing stuff like that in there so they can yeah. have either a race sequence or a new thing to make a toy out of. Yeah. Like they're not. It like you said, it doesn't seem like it has purpose. And, and to be fair, I I agree with Emily. I love Last Jedi. Oh, Last Jedi I was love great. that movie. 
I like Force Awakens, The Force Awakens. I think it's a really fun movie. It's just not my favorite. It's just not one that I go to time and time again. I love the characters in it. I think Daisy Ridley as Rey is just like, she is now one of my favorite Star Wars characters ever. And it's mostly because of Force Awakens. I just don't really love the movie. Um, but that's fine. Because I love A New Hope. Yeah. I've already uh, spoken my piece on that <laughs> so many times. So let's go, uh, let's go the opposite way. So if we're in A New Hope, what is your absolute favorite thing about A New Hope? Like what, what is, if you're going to turn this movie on, what's that thing that you're like, I can't wait for this? Uh, Chewie, why don't you go first on this one? Actually, why does Emily go first? I haven't had her go first for anything yet. All right. Um, it's going to be the really, just a really unusual choice. The scene that I always stop and watch, no matter what, if it's on, if it's like on in the background or whatever, is the scene where they take Chewie into the detention center. And when the guard walks up to him and they knock the guard and and like Chewie gets a hold of the fucking gun and they start shooting out like the security lights or cameras or whatever the hell they are. But because you can hear Luke go, oh, no, look out, he's loose. And then, like, and so just, like, like blink and you miss it because there's a lot of yelling happening. But, like, they're just act, they're still acting like they're, they're guards. And they're, like, as they hand him the gun, they're, like, look out, he's loose. I don't know. I just really enjoy that. Uh, and I don't, that, that tickles me. Just the little subtle stuff that, that, that the actors are having fun and the scene is fun. Because to me, like, that's one of the things that's great. Star Wars has heart, but it's also a lot of fun. And there's a lot of, like, cute moments like that in the movie. But that one's my favorite. Mine is actually, I'm going to go next, just because mine is right after that moment. And it's always been, like, I love Princess Leia, and I love Carrie Fisher, especially as Princess Leia. Um, But there's something about, she has been scheduled for termination. She knows this is coming. She knows her death is going to happen in the next (laughs) half hour or so. And a stormtrooper walks into her prison cell supposedly to kill her and she just insults him just like aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper and that's always just like made me just happy like this she's just such a fucking badass that even in the face of death she's just like you're short (laughs) it's just like it's such a great fuck you it's just like the best possible moment and she delivers it just fucking perfect that's also probably what the real carrie fisher would say (laughs) oh absolutely oh yeah (laughs) But yeah, I don't know why that's always been my favorite thing because my dad has always just drilled into my head that the uh, the cantina is the best scene in the movie. You gotta watch for the cantina. I'm like, yeah, it's great, but I love Carrie Fisher just being a dick to Luke just for half a second before she realizes who he is. It's just a great moment. Cherry, what about you? Well, I have to get heady because it's a big me, ask. I know. For me, it's always the heady shit with Star Wars. I love all <laughs> of it. I love the funny aspects. I love the quibbing. I love. The dynamics. I love all of that, of course. I love the entire yeah. cake. But for me, like, the two moments that always, like, would get me emotionally, and probably because I did see this for the first time when I was 14, like, in the throes of adolescence. Hormone uh, cocktails. Hormone cocktails. <laughs> uh, the classic shot of Luke with his leg up looking at the two sons... And you see the moment in his in his face of like I'm leaving my entire life behind. Well, at that point, he wants to leave his entire life behind. Well, yeah, yeah. but like you can see, there's something in that moment where you know he is. Yeah, you kind of have that out there. There's so much more. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, I went full South Park. I'm sorry. And then, <laughs> and like I even mentioned it to you last night. The moment after he releases the, I just forgot the name of them. They're not missiles. They're not phasers. 
Whatever he torpedoes? shoots. Torpedoes? 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 Were they torpedoes? Bullets! <laughs> I don't, it just left my head. I'm Space sorry. bullets. Uh, boom, boom, blocks. When he, essentially, the moment he destroys the Death Star, and his, his just little gasp, his <sighs> inhale, like, just, it's ca- kind of like after sex or whatnot, oh, after yeah. you had an orgasm, and he, for that, it's the first time he was completely connected to the Force, and yeah. let himself go, and trusted into everything, and yeah, like, it's, it had me like I was not breathing during that moment in the movie. It's the f- so good. It's like his first hit of heroin. It's like, well, I need more of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last but not least, uh, for me, it's when they attack the Death Star. Yeah. Because up until that point, I didn't really realize that something like that could be so exciting to watch. And as a younger kid with a more heightened imagination. Just seeing the space battle, seeing that translate on the screen so specifically, spaceships zapping each other, exploding, and guys in the cockpit, and that just the raw, the grittiness of the X-Wings, and they're like, we gotta go, and they prepare, they open the X-Wings, and the TIE Fighters come in with their like their horrible sound, just all those elements together, just, I was in there, I was watching it with rapt attention, because it was so cool. And it still works, and every fucking That's time. usually the moment where I'm just like... Like in like it's still every time like I go to like every Star Wars movie has a big space battle because now they kind of have to, and like the budget yeah. has just gone out the fucking ceiling like there's so much money spent on these things and this one was done as cheap as possible it was done in parking lots with trucks driving by little miniatures yeah. like and it's so and yet, good and yet and this is the one that still takes my breath away yeah like as I watch it even just the the descent into the the little trench. They do it twice in the movie. I just realized that this second time around, and both times I held my breath for that few seconds, and it was just still magical, even at this time, even at this age. I honestly think the closest they ever got to me feeling that same level of like, holy shit, was in Rogue One. I love Rogue One. I love Rogue One. Rogue One's amazing. Yeah, well, yeah, we all agree. Rogue One's amazing. But that the the space battle in that one, for me, is the closest they got to like that hold-your-breath excitement that I got in this one. Not quite there, but the closest they got. Yeah. Um, and it has a lot to do with how they shot it. You should watch the behind-the-scenes of how they shot that scene if you haven't. It's amazing. Um, just like this one. I, I'm trying to remember where I wanted to move into from there. We, we've been talking for almost an hour. Uh What's it, now? Have we all done some research into behind the scenes? We've all watched behind the scenes documentary. We've all seen something, yes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. To some extent. It's been a while, shorts. though. So, what would be your favorite piece of trivia of how they made this movie? Like, that's always the thing that I always find crazy, especially as we talked earlier in this thing about how this movie was not just George Lucas just sitting in his chair going, I want it this way. Like, this movie was a labor of love from so many people. And uh, I think I think it just shows on screen of how many people just poured blood, sweat, and tears into this thing constantly. And I just like going back and like, how did this thing get from A to B? And I'll start this one. My, my favorite thing that they did in post in this, uh, beyond all the amazing post work that they won all the awards for, of course they should have, um, it came in, the, uh, in that scene that we were just talking about of the final assault on the Death Star. Originally, there was no ticking clock of them about to blow up another planet. It was just, we need to blow up the Death Star. And it wasn't intense enough. So they went in with reshoots and did extra things of, oh, the Death Star is coming in range to blow up another planet. 
And that's why there's really no like scenes with anybody looking at the ticking clock or talking about it. And it's all done in ADR or like around corners because that was never originally part of it. And I just think that's awesome because it works so well. It does. But, like the whole, you may fire when ready, like the Peter Cushing line. It's the same one from earlier. They just looped it. That's so cool. I love this shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, you're right. Uh, I'll go next. For me, the thing that always stuck out to me in any of these was the the sound design as like i as a kid i didn't really realize that so much of that work went into that into movies like this and just to see the imagination used like let's use this for this sound or this for the lightsaber sound and the you know the screaming that a spaceship could scream like a tie fighter oh yeah those things and the special features always just made me sit lean forward and be like wow maybe there's something to this filmmaking thing (laughs) They should be pretty good at this stuff here. Uh, It definitely planted the seeds. Oh, Oh, sorry. I was going to finish up. It definitely planted the seeds that Lord of the Rings would cash in later to make me interested in filmmaking. Just, oh, there's an element to this that's so fun and imaginative, and you just creatively put things in there, and it sounds different. So cool. Absolutely. Uh, Emily, what about you? Uh, I, I wish I could see the script supervisor's day-night breakdown because this movie takes place in like three days. Um, it, 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 they, they act like they've known each other forever, but it's like, you just met yesterday. Um, oh, yeah. uh, but my favorite trivia is, um, is just Carrie Fisher's costume. Every time she talked about it in, in like her autobiography and stuff, uh, she hated those hair buns. Um, but they made her try on like a million different hairstyles and landed on the buns and she was just like, oh, so stupid. Um, but also the, the fact that she wasn't allowed to wear a bra. No bras in space. Yeah. Nope. And that George Lucas was like, oh, they don't wear underwear in space. And it's like, that's, that's ridiculous. That's absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. He just wanted her running around without a bra on. I like that he tried to justify it too. Yeah. (laughs) Did he? It's just how it is. And of course, Carrie Fit, when you, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was, I was just say when you when you point. hear Carrie Fisher talk about it in her, in her book, like if you listen to the audiobook or whatever, she's just she's just hilarious. She's like it's a it's the whole process. She's so sarcastic about the whole thing. It's great. Last but not least, um, the person I've always been the most fascinated by because he doesn't really get much attention. I mean, he gets some, of course, but like at large, uh, David Prowse. Prowsey, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. The guy who plays Darth Vader. Yeah. Uh, he almost played Chewie. But I he, did not know that. He, if I'm remembering this correctly, I'm not reading this off Wikipedia. I'm just remembering it from like uh, like the magazine we have on our wall. That it, one. It, yeah, it talks about it. <laughs> uh, I can see it too. It I a, gestured oh. to it. I know. <laughs> It's been a long time since I've read it, but I believe it said that he originally was on, was thinking about playing Chewie, but he didn't want to play a role where his face was covered the whole time. Ah, fuck. <laughs> and Darth Vader's That's mask so funny. was supposed to just be the thing he wore when he traveled between ships originally. But George liked the way it looked so much. <laughs> and... Then they also changed his voice to being oh, Jones. <laughs> uh, I forgot his first name. Earl they Jones. didn't tell him, James right? They James never Earl told Jones. him that they were going to change his voice. So he, because he was, his acting was great. He does an amazing Darth Vader, you know, swinging back and forth, pointing at people, choking them, and all this stuff. <laughs> yes. And 
I don't ever see him at any reunions. I don't really hear about him. He's never talked lovingly about, like, Peter Mayhew. Like, he really doesn't get much attention. And I've always kind of felt bad for him about that. But also, I mean, I know you. I've You're still alive. <laughs> the poor it, guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because didn't they spring that on him? Like, they didn't tell him he was his voice was going to be replaced, right? I don't remember... I, that's one thing I don't remember. I can't look it up right now. But yeah. it's just it's one of those moments where I'm like, oh, this guy thought it was going to be like the big thing. It's going to be the big... You did a great job. It's not your big thing. You'd be well, like, to I'm his credit. for you. It's Chewbacca. Nah, I want my face <laughs> to be seen. Uh, well, then we have this other old Darth Vader. Well, at least they'll hear my voice, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. You're essentially he memorized... a stunt double for James Earl Jones. Yeah. <laughs> He basically, and he had to memorize all his lines, and he's, you know, he's probably acting his butt off, and then it's like, oh, never mind, you could have just... He is. If you ever go back and watch, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff, like, he really sells it. It just yeah. sounds ridiculous. It's not James Earl Jones. Yeah. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah. Oh, well. You know what? He's still Darth Vader. I mean, James Earl Jones is the voice of Darth Vader. That guy is Darth Vader. Yeah. So... And without his performance, his physical performance, we don't have the most iconic villain of all time. Yep. Yeah. And now we're moving into quotes where I will say my favorite quote is definitely from Darth Vader. It is excellently performed by James Earl Jones. But part of the reason I love the line as much as I do comes from that guy's physicality. And it has to be. My favorite line in the whole movie is, you are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. Take her away. I fucking love it. <laughs> and I've been waiting my whole life to have a moment where I can actually say that to somebody in a conversation and have it make sense. So far, no dice. But at some point, it will happen. And I will say it, and I'll probably stutter, and I'll fuck it up, and I will be so sad the rest of the day. I just know it's coming. I'm just preparing myself for disappointment. True, what about you? Favorite line? I have to pick up the power converters. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. I love his delivery. It's so whiny. Oh, but I still feel it. I still feel that whininess inside me. I understand you, Luke. <laughs> I, I understand him, too. I'd much rather go do that than anything he has to do at a moisture farm. Mm. How boring of a job is it at a moisture farm? I mean, you yeah. Need to live. No. Sure, but ugh, boring. Mm. That's I why as soon as they're dead... Here. As soon as they're dead, he's just like, oh, all right, I'm coming with you. <laughs> you don't want to stay here and man the farm? Peace Fuck the farm. Out. I'm out of here. It's on fire. Yeah, no, the moisture, the moisture's you know gone. how much of our harvest I have to waste to put out that fire? <laughs> yeah, good call. Good call. Uh, next. Uh, I'll go next. Uh, and I referenced the line earlier. It's the whole... Uh, deception bit that Han tries to do after the shootout in the prison cell or the prison block. Uh, yeah, we had a slight weapons malfunction, uh, but everything is all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here. And I, it really stood out to me this second, this other watch through, this most recent one, just because of how he failed. Like you can see the pain in his face of trying <laughs> to come up with something. And Harrison Ford's performance is so great in that moment. Just and it goes so badly, and he keeps going with it. And it's just relatable content, really, is what it is. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, it's also great when they call back to that Mass Effect. Um, <laughs> yeah. Emily, what about you? Traveling through hyperspace ain't like dusting crops, boy. 
<laughs> Fucking love that line. <laughs> so condescending. It's so condescending. I, I just don't get cocky, kid. Almost everything. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad somebody chose a Han Solo line because almost every line he has is worth a quote. Like it's just that good. Like one of my favorite of all time for for the longest time was that show hold together. Hear me, baby, hold together. Like just the the pure (laughs) cockiness, and then it's like, oh god, we're fucked. (laughs) But like Lucas being so annoying the entire time. Like and and finally Han Solo's like, you know, like just let me do my fucking thing, dude. It's great. I've done this before. It'll be fine. (laughs) Luke is all the heart and Han is just the hormones coming in going, I'm going to mess up your life. You know, (laughs) before we move into the review system, I do want to mention uh, rewatching this movie again for the God knows how many time. I will say that now having seen Solo, the Ron Howard film, which I'm not particularly a huge fan of, but I did not hate it as much as some. It did give me more appreciation for Alden's performance in that movie. Rewatching this one, I'm like, oh, he did do a pretty good job. Yeah, he did. Might not have been my favorite movie, but he did a pretty good Han. Yeah, it's not his fault the movie was bad. No, not at all. I never really blamed him either, but I never really gave him enough credit, I don't think. Mm. I think he actually did a really good job. Now, having watched this one, I'm like, oh, I see what he was doing. It worked. Movie didn't work, but his performance did. (laughs) Review system for this week. It's going to be tough, but we're going to go full Star Wars with it. How many Death Stars would you give this movie? John, do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll give it seven and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Why a half? (laughs) Well, that Death Star in Return of the Jedi. Uh. Like half done. (laughs) Well, I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to go seven and three quarters. Because I think it's about three quarters done. Okay. I just know because of it. It's a huge empire corporation-y thing. There, there's a lot of cutting corners. I think a lot of that inside is hollowed out. I mean, that's fair. I'm still <laughs> going to give it... I'm going to assume it's three quarters of the way. I'm just going to uh, assume. I'm giving this movie a hole-in-one. <laughs> Golf rules. It is one Death Star. <laughs> it is one fully finished, polished, fresh, shiny coat of paint. Manned. There's families. There's kids growing up in it. Death Star. There's kids in it? It's gonna get blown you up. You know that there's kids in there. You know there's families. There's gotta be. I mean, you're not wrong. It is a fully manned, fully functioning Fully operational. Fully operational. <laughs> Alright kids, Death today Star. in daycare we're gonna be learning about the Great Empire. And there is only one. We don't need more. <laughs> Alright, that works. Come up with something else. <laughs> How about a bigger one? This no. one's the size of a planet. No! <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop shitting on Force Awakens. Could it be I a star killer like face? <laughs> All right, uh, Emily, what about you? 27 Death Stars. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one going with golf rules. <laughs> I just went for, I want to make fun of John's rating. <laughs> I just thought since there's no metric, I'm just going to name a large number of Death Stars. I it's mean, a good no- it's a good movie. It's it's a nice. Uh, I was gonna say a nice even number, but it wasn't. <laughs> We're back there again. <laughs> I had one nipple. There's someone only has one nipple. <laughs> uh, no, I can't take out that conversation at the beginning of this. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I like the I like the fact that the Star Wars episode opens with a talk of three hundred nipples. <laughs> Perfect. 
as it should. <laughs> so I think we've done it. I think we've we've a new hope. I think we we covered as much as we could uh, without just going at nausea of diving into absolutely everything because we all know it. So it's just more fun just talking about why we love it. That, that's really what I want to do here today, and I think we did that. So now it's time for plugs. Plugity, plug, plug, plug up plugs. I will go first with my same old plug, although it does change ever so slightly this week. Uh, be sure to go www.athpod.com and check out everything we have going there. Uh, except for Venture Bros, because Venture Bros is going to take a little bit of a hiatus throughout the month of November, because I really only have time to record one podcast this month, and I am focusing on all Star Wars all the time with After the Hype. So, Venture Bros, although there will be there was an episode this past Monday, that's it for this month. We will come back in December when I have a little bit more time again, which will be nice. Um, otherwise, everything else we have, ATH Pod, if you're interested in pop culture at all, we have it for you there. Uh, Cherry, what about you? Watch Superstore Thursday nights on NBC. John? Uh, I do want to spend this time, since we have Emily with us, to shout out her articles, especially on ATHpod.com. It's a great way to find a new set of movies to watch and a new way to check all your blind spots. I've been really enjoying them. Yay, thank you. Yeah, so. they're, they're, uh, they're called uh, Other Voices because uh, I was on Twitter saying, hey, if you're going to talk about, if you're going to like, because the whole discussion over whether Quentin Tarantino is racist and sexist came back up. So I was like, hey, how about we just not have that conversation and for every director that you think is a genius, every white male director you think is a genius, watch a movie also by a woman or a person of color. And you would think I had asked dudes to cut their own nuts off. So I was like, well, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And so I am watching movies by women and people of color that I haven't seen before and then writing about them every Monday, except for the past three Mondays because I've been really sick. Um but I'm doing it next Monday, or whenever this airs. There will be one on Monday, because I'm back at it. Very excited. I've enjoyed them, I enjoy too. I didn't, I didn't say it quite as well as John did, but they have been very fun to read. And they're not like, uh, no offense, of course, to the wonderful Matt Dykes, who writes for us every week. But they do not take hours to read. No. Uh, they are just a nice little insight of like, hey, you should check this out. And it's a really kind of fun, quick read. Yeah. Cool. Glad you like them. And since we mentioned Matt, it should be noted that he completed his Stargate retrospective and that thing is a beast but it's amazing i really enjoyed it his tv history oh yeah like i said no offense to matt his stuff is wonderful but it will take a little bit of time to read but you should definitely spend the time to read that whereas emily's you know you can read it when you have when you have a moment and it's wonderful it's easy she did a great dive in the babadook which is one of my favorite horror movies of all time so because i like it because they're all i try to pick movies i've never seen so it's always like something by a director who may sometimes didn't get all the attention that they should have but it's always something new for me so i'm like oh i'm just reacting to it which is fun fun just sitting there with my computer open taking notes while i watch a movie um but yeah so that is it uh tune in next week when we move on to uh what was it um the poof the guy The guy punches again. My dad yells at me. My dad yells at me. Star Wars Episode oh. 5. Get, my- <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> Star Wars Episode... Sorry. Star Wars Episode 5. Get off my cloud. Get uh, off my cloud. <laughs> hey, you, you get off of my cloud. <laughs> That's the only logical ending of this episode. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>
the bozos. <laughs>